Believe it or not, every year Metro sources products for its customers for a whooping 2 billion euros and in doing so we create a perfectly tailored assortment for our professional customers for the use in restaurant kitchens or for resale to end consumers. How we manage to ensure that our articles are reliably available in the stores and how we continue to increase the share of own brands. That's our topic in this episode of More Podcast Wholesale to the Max. A warm welcome to all of you, dear colleagues. My name is Bernd Rauder from Internal Communications at Metro AG. Our customers come to Metro for our products. That has become a common saying here at Metro. And my today's guest is the man who makes sure Metro has the right products on the shelves for our Horeca and Trailer customers. A very warm welcome to our Chief Procurement Officer, Bertrand Mott. Hi Bertrand, hello and bienvenue at more podcast. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, happy to be here and excited. Yeah, great to have you with us here uh, today at my podcast, Bertrand. When I was preparing for our interview, I discovered a picture of your score workout on United. It shows you working in the kitchen at a restaurant in Düsseldorf. Um, and with that, you really yeah, went back to your uh, roots because before your career in retail and wholesale, uh, you started as a professional chef 20 years ago, right? Right, indeed. Um, I was a chef before before becoming a, a buyer, uh, and I was raised also in a restaurant because my parents had a restaurant in uh, in France, and so I was uh, raised in this uh, in this area in this industry. Then I decided to uh, do catering school and then business school, and uh, went into retail. Mm -hmm. And today, when you and your team decide on new products or um, yeah new assortments, how does your experience as a chef help you in your today's job? Yeah, everywhere, I would say in, uh, in food, in non-food, uh, the understanding of the, of the product, uh, how the, the, the final uh, consumer, the professionals are going to use it, what are they expecting, the, the quality, the packaging, uh, how do we uh, combine the needs of a professional customer, which is different than an than end consumer, is, uh, yeah, it's an added value in my, in my profile. And then, uh, but now cooking is only a, a hobby, I would say, for me, and uh, and the hobby to use also Metro products, food and non-food, uh, in my uh, personal kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Do you try sometimes new products in your kitchen I do. at home? I yeah. do, I do. I buy uh, Metro professional uh, knives, uh, for example, or uh, I cook with uh, Metro chef products, and uh, that allows me to try to sometimes give a feedback, yeah. uh, positive <laughs> or negative, or at least areas to be improved. Yeah, cool. You started almost 10 years ago as Director Global Sourcing at Metro AG in Düsseldorf. In the last few years, you have held various positions at Metro, including your work for Metro in China. How has this experience shaped you and how does it influence your current work as Chief Procurement Officer for the entire company? My entire career has been in uh, global procurement. So uh, working for international uh, companies uh, with international suppliers, uh, multi-countries uh, business models, and also multicultural uh, teams. And uh, so what, what we do in Metro is, uh, is about that. So combining, harmonizing differences into a, a one Metro is a, is a challenge, but it's a, it's a fascinating challenge. I did that for many years, but then there was the time where I needed to be on the other side. And I went to China for, for three years uh, to be uh, in the offer management uh, department. And then I learned also the other side of, uh, of the business, the, the expectation of, of our countries, the expectation of the front end of the business, as I like to say. So now as a CPO, it brings me both sides 
of the coins, um, knowing what uh, are the difficulties of the global teams, uh, global procurement, and uh, and also what are the expectations of our countries uh, from uh, from the service that we provide to them, because I think that we are providing a service to the countries. And uh, and in my role, my aim now is to to really bring back the product in the center of the strategy of Metro, because that's what we do. We sell products, and uh, as some people say, uh, customer come from for products yeah yeah and we will talk about all this here at more podcast today uh, because what huge dimension the procurement has at metro therefore i have compiled a few examples every year metro buys for its customers and their businesses 2,000 truckloads of sugar 95,000 tons of french fries 82 million bottles of wine and 100 million liters of cooking oil All in all, goods worth about 2 billion euros per year. And that alone shows the great importance of the procurement department for Metro and of course also for the implementation of our score strategy. And that's what we want to talk about today here at More Podcasts, but also about the further development of our assortments. And at the end of this episode, we are all looking forward to your sound souvenir, Bertrand, the sound of someone or something that gives you inspiration and motivation for what you would like to achieve or what is important to you in life. But first, let's talk about our score strategy. Metro has set itself the score goals of increasing the product availability and the share of our own brands. Achieving these goals is certainly also a focus for the entire procurement team, Bertrand. How do you in general support the achievement of these goals? What is the mission of you and your team in that regard? Right, so it's not only my team. Uh, I think it's a, it's a teamwork with the colleagues from uh, from supply chain to work on uh, on availability. And uh, it was one of the, the weakness of Metro and it's something that we really want to work on. We have uh, started some uh, strong projects It's always difficult to, uh, because we have different uh, categories, different categories of products imply different temperature in logistics. So uh, we have to have a different strategy between ambient, fresh, ultra fresh, and then uh, frozen goods. But I would say that uh, the central team has done some uh, some uh, tremendous uh, progress, uh, especially when we compare to last year. We have had uh, many... Uh, Many hurdles in our in our business that uh, led us to have uh, difficulties of availability, but now on the, on the year to date, and I was checking the the numbers yesterday, we are above 96 which mm -hmm. is uh, far from excellence or mm -hmm. what we want to achieve. But it's always uh, it's already much better than last year. And uh, in terms of global procurement, we have to also uh, understand that 90 of our supply go direct from the supplier to the countries. So you gave some numbers, and uh, and if we take the trading offices, for example, for Ultra Fresh, we are talking about uh, 600,000 pallets mm. per year of goods delivered to our countries. Yeah. So availability is, uh, is is always a supply chain topic. I like to use uh, also a different meaning of the word uh, availability. Uh, it's access also to uh, to some products for some of our countries. Some are big enough to have access to all the different assortment that they want and some are too small uh, to uh, to have this access so 
giving the availability of the full assortment to every single country, uh, no matter what the, the size or the number of stores or etc., is also a, an important topic for us as global procurement. And uh, and we are we are working on that. For example, with uh, having an assortment of cheese or cold cut from uh, from Italy, cheese from France, mm -hmm. Spain, Suisse, and etc., and to make it available for all other countries. So it's always about differentiation, but also bringing volumes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are certainly countless measures and activities behind this this mission. Um, so let's go through the individual points and start with the topic of own brands. Um, Metro's score strategy aims to significantly increase the share of own brand within our total sales, or to be more precise, to double it to over 35%. Metro, what are your key priorities or pillars in order to achieve this goal? First of all, 35% is a is an ambitious target, mm. uh, but it's not far away from what our competitors are doing. So uh, we should be confident uh, that we're going to reach it. And I think that the company is on a is on a good way because we've been, uh, yeah, on an average between 16 and 17% uh, not so long ago. Because three years ago we were at 17% uh, on brand share. And this year, we have a target 23.1, and uh, I don't want to uh, to disclose any uh, secret bef before we reach it. Mm. But I think we will uh, we will overpass the target, and I'm um, very proud of that. Uh, all countries, uh, as I said, are committed; they are working hardly on that, and uh, and then uh, we will be ready for the ramp up 2030. However, ramp up 2030, it's a, it's a billion euro sales additional every year until 2030 on own brand. So uh, the journey uh, is going to be uh, long, bumpy, but uh, exciting. From the center, the, 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 the full strategy on own brand is always based on, on four essential pillars. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is always to provide uh, the positioning. It's our brand manuals, it's our brand arch architecture, which brand for, for which category, for which product, for which customer. And uh, the second pillar of this strategy is the visibility. Mm -hmm. I always tell my team, no visibility, no sales. So we need to work on the, on the merchandising to make space for own brand. Um, the third pillar is to scale with uh, harmonizing and using the common sourcing uh, to, as I said, to give access. And when we work with, uh, with traders' channels, we need to develop fine life uh, where we, uh, we don't have a lot of volumes, but we need to have a solution for this uh, trader franchise and, uh, and also in, uh, in FSD where we need to develop an own brand and to have more, uh, more visibility uh, and loyalty of our customers. And the last uh, but not least is to sell. Mm. Uh, we need to equip the front end of the business with the right tools, with the right information on what do they have to sell, why and how, so that uh, in all channels, uh, Salesforce, uh, stores, uh, FSD, online, uh, they are able to understand what they have to sell and why they should sell it more than, than the A brands, I would say. Yeah. Especially in terms of our own brands, it's not only the content, so the actual product that matters, but also the packaging. Um, so far as I know, you are talking about technical packaging in this context. Bertrand, maybe you could shed some light on it, how you are further developing the packaging for Metro's own brands. So what makes a package of a product a good package for a Metro and of course also for our customers? 
It's one key element of the, 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 the global procurement also transformation. Uh, we have uh, we have settled uh, a team uh, with uh, with experts in uh, in technical packaging and in uh, art design because one doesn't go without the other. Um, so I call it the the one plus three dimension. The first dimension is the, is the visual, is what you see, the art uh, work uh, on the packaging. It's also a, a way to uh, to convey a message, uh, an information about the, the quality, about the USP. Of our, of our products and then after you have the three dimensions of packaging the, the primary dimension is, is the packaging itself it will be uh, how the customer will use the packaging so it's the thickness of the bottle it's mm. uh, it's the cap it's how to reclose or not reclose a bottle uh, different type of plastic packaging aluminium etc and uh, the second one is uh, second dimension is the the shelf ready packaging it's uh, how do we Ease the workload of our uh, colleagues in the store in order to uh, to uh, to put the products on shelf, and, uh, and uh, we have uh, some very little products such as spices, for example, and uh, and then we have a tray that allows not to have to put all the boxes of spices one by one, but yeah. then you can directly put the tray on the shelf. And uh, the third dimension is the palletization, uh, then to optimize still the workload and the operational work in store, but also in our supply chain where uh, where we can uh, we can gain in efficiency and productivity if we work on these three dimensions of the technical packaging. Yeah. And not only in terms of packaging and own brands, you and your team are constantly working on improving the assortments. But in the course of our wholesale transformation, this does not mean um, a particularly broad product range with many different articles in each category. Instead, you are working on reducing the size of our assortments. What are the advantages of offering less different products and a smaller product range? Well, first of all, the the size of the assortment in Metro generates complexity across the entire organization. Uh, in the store, you talk with uh, with the colleagues, uh, store managers, uh, department managers, every people working at the cashier, they will tell you we have too many articles. Mm -hmm. Too many articles uh, generates a complexity that we need to optimize. Having the right product for the right customer and to have one or perhaps two choices for the customers, but not five, six, seven, ten of the same articles as we can have uh, sometimes in some categories. So today Metro manages 700,000 articles, active articles, mm -hmm. so it's huge. So we have absolutely to to reduce this, uh, this complexity, but the most critical is the, the unclarity mm -hmm. that this wide assortment brings to the customer. And the customer, the professional customers, they today have no time and they don't want to sit in front of the shelf and, and to have to decide. We need to ease this decision. Uh, so we need to bring more clarity for the, of choice for the customer. So focusing on the right products for the right customers, stopping duplication of articles will increase or improve the visibility, uh, improve the customer journey, and then uh, have an effect on our productivity and then on our efficiency. Yeah. And what kind of products or categories will we no longer have on our shelves in the future? There will be some positive changes. We will have less of some and more of some others. So decomplexifying brings us to a more agile way. Mm -hmm. And then being more agile allows us to focus on the core needs of the targeted customer we have chosen. 
So some some categories will shrink mm -hmm. uh, for sure, but uh, but that will allow us to to grow uh, what we want to be recognized for. Yeah, own brands, ultra fresh differentiation, uh, core products, uh, core needs uh, for our customers. Yeah, and that directly leads me to my next question because beyond the reduction of the number of products, how will Metro's overall assortments change in the future? Are there any particular trends or developments that you will focus on? Yeah, those are the Those are the ones I, I was talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, to grow our own brands is, uh, is something important. Dairy, frozen, we see more and more requests from customers to have a, a proper uh, access to, to frozen goods. Um, I think that uh, our ultra fresh also is, uh, is key uh, in, uh, in meat, in, uh, in fruit and vegetables. Some people want some exotic fruits, uh, so we are not making any volumes on exotic fruit, but we are working on differentiation. In fish also, we, we must work on uh, uh, in order to, uh, to have some fishes for all countries that are today present in France or in Germany or in Spain, for example. But then we need to uh, give access to this uh, type of fish to, to the different countries in the, in the east of Europe, for example. Yeah, so our fresh products such as fish, meat, fruit and vegetables uh, are one of Metro's greatest strengths and very important to differentiate from the competitors. Purchasing these reliably and in high quality for the metro countries is the task of our international trading offices, our ITOs in Rotterdam, Concano and Valencia. How does the collaboration between the ITOs and the countries look like in detail? For example, in terms of yeah, optimizing their assortments and strengthen their market position. I, w I would like to start with another trading office because we, we intend to think that trading offices are for uh, ultra fresh, but it's also for non-food. Yeah. And non-food is, uh, is one of our biggest trading offices. The, the, the trading office in Hong Kong is sourcing 80% of all own brand articles that are sold in Metro. And the own brand share of Metro, uh, non-food, is the top category growing in the past 12 months. In Ultrafresh, we have three training offices. You said uh, Rotterdam, Concarneau, Cherbourg, and, uh, and Valencia for fruit and veg. These training offices, they make 20% of our sales. Uh, we go up to 30% when we talk about fruit and vegetables. What we need to improve uh, with them is, is how we engage with the countries. You know, the ultra fresh business is a daily business. Every day, uh, teams from uh, Valencia, Concarneau, Rotterdam are calling their, their colleagues from the countries on the phone and discussing the price, the quality, uh, the volumes uh, that they want to uh, to receive for, for the next day or in, uh, in the coming days. In non-food, it's a bit different because the countries decide what they want to sell in six months. So six months in advance, you have to engage your forecast, your volumes uh, on collections. And uh, it's, it's a different mindset because there is a time of production and there is a time of uh, shipping the goods from, uh, from Asia to here. I think that in the in the future we will have to make also strong cho choices also in this assortment as as we said a bit earlier uh, today for example in non-food uh, we spend a lot of time working on collections for uh, for Christmas season and Christmas decoration and uh, and every buyer of every country is coming and choosing for example the little Santa Claus with different colors and uh, and everybody has a different idea of the yeah. color that yeah. uh, that will be uh, successful this year. I think that we are coming to a limit with that and uh, and we need to bring a different service to the countries. And for example, we will propose modules, um, for example, a module A, B, 
ABC, depending on the, on the size of the store, for example. And then the country can engage on the different modules uh, with a different assortment that will be delivered ready to sell, so in displays, uh, on pallets, and then uh, to, to ease once again the productivity, the efficiency of our, uh, of our colleagues uh, in the store in the countries. Yeah, you already told a little bit about the yeah the um, further development of, of the ITOs and the procurement. Um, will the work of the ITOs continue to concentrate purely on, on trading in the future or will they also provide other services? They, they have to provide other services. Um, I always want to have two angles in the way we manage and elaborate the strategy of the of the trading offices and i'm talking more about ultra fresh there where we need to have a different way of sourcing because climate change has an effect on fruit and vegetables so for fish we have a scarcity of resources of some resources we need to protect our resources and and we want to act responsibly as as metro but we need also to have this availability to our stores and to our customers. So it's a different way of how do we partner with uh, companies uh, on, the, on the fishing zones, uh, on different spaces and etc. and the way they also fish. And then we have also in meat, uh, the carbon footprint, uh, everybody's talking about mm. that, uh, the, the meat uh, coming from South America. So there are different ways to continue to deliver the service our customers are expecting from us, or the, the, the desire of the customers to have uh, more things coming from EU, from a European community. So we, we are adapting to that, and that's the way we source. And the second thing is the way we sell. Then it's, uh, it's having uh, more efficiency on the logistic. We talked about it. Access uh, to, uh, to different uh, types of products. Until now, we are selling uh, the fish is raw. And uh, when uh, you and I, we buy a fish in the store, uh, then uh, we will have to, uh, to open it, to clean it. Uh, then this, we can provide this service to the customers. And we have, have started with what we call a MAP. So it's under atmosphere. We uh, already uh, portion, clean, and cut the fish. So it's, uh, it's ready to be cooked by the chef and that helps the productivity of the chefs. So if we can provide this service, then we will bring an advantage uh, to our customers. So in meat, it's about uh, calibrating the a beef fillet, for example. Beef fillet is 3.5 kilos, but on the menu, when we go to a restaurant, it's 180 grams. Mm -hmm. So then they have to cut it themselves. If we do it with uh, with some uh, laser machine, uh, with uh, our partners in, in the industry or in our processing centers, then we can calibrate it to 180 grams. And then the yield, the productivity inside the kitchen is improved, and then we bring an additional service. So this is what we call convenience. We will continue to sell traditionally the beef fillet at such, but also we can uh, bring in an additional service to have a pre-cut calibrated uh, beef fillet uh, ready to be grilled uh, by the chef. Okay, so much for now on the topics of own brands and assortment development. We will talk more about our goals for product availability and the cooperation with our suppliers in a moment. But now we want to know more about you personally. Bertrand, and for that we have our little questionnaire, what scores for you, which is somewhat inspired by the basic principles of our score strategy. I would say, let's just get started. Are you ready for the first question, Bertrand? I hope so. <laughs> so, what is your core? Means, what special strengths do you have? 
I think um, I like to to engage with uh, with people uh, from uh, from my team, uh, but also uh, from the countries, uh, from cross functions. Uh, of course, uh, I'm not afraid to say also when things are not going uh, right, and uh, and I think that we need to be. Uh, to, to be direct, uh, to be uh, less uh, less politic, uh, more direct to the point, and uh, and to say the things as they are, and and to face the reality and, and challenge the statu quo. Mm. And what small or big goals have you set for yourself? For myself, um, I think for myself, the, the the goals are related to to my job uh, because. Of course, we want to be uh, successful in the different transformation that we have started. Yeah, the the personal goals is really to to put back the the product in the center of our attention, of our strategy, and then to uh, to team up with uh, different countries, different channels, uh, process centers, and uh, and then to be relevant. Yeah, and privately or personally, is there something that you want to achieve? Um, privately and personally, I'm very happy to be back in Düsseldorf in Germany after three years uh, during the COVID times uh, in China. Mm. I think it was a, a life experience and uh, and I'm very happy to be here back with my family. Uh, so uh, I have no uh, further goals on this side. Uh, I'm happy with what I have. Yeah, this is the best thing you can have in life. So, but if you want to achieve something, yet, uh, you already talked about um, yeah, the the projects that you have in, in the procurement team, what milestones do you use to measure your progress? So how do you judge your success? Well, we have different ways to, to measure different uh, different KPIs, for, uh, but I think that the, the first quantitative KPI is the penetration. The penetration of what is the percentage of our sales that is done with the international procurement. That shows that the country, category managers, uh, teams are trusting that we can deliver them with the right product at the right price on time and with the right quality. Yeah. And maybe beside all these KPIs um, and figures, and so is there something, uh, where do you think, okay, things are going on, things are going better, um, things are moving Well, we have many different uh, touch points uh, with the countries. So, uh, of course, on a on a leadership level with the OMDs, but uh, but I think the most important is done by by the buyers, with the category managers, uh, with the supply chain, with all the the the, the, the people that are that are working and uh, on a daily basis to to make things happen. Um, and uh, and I think that the the qualitative uh, feedback that we can get on a one to one, oh, it's never perfect. We always have to. To improve some people uh, sometimes can can bring emotions on the table but i think it's uh, it's necessary if we want to be uh, direct to say the things as they are as i said uh, we us want to be reliable and for that we need to understand better the expectations of the countries yeah. so this goes with di dialogue okay so Bertrand, now we know what is important for you what scores for you in business, but also in life. And now we are very curious about your sound souvenir, the sound of your core. But as always, we will listen to that one at the end of this episode. 
The best products are of no use, neither to us nor to our customers, if they are simply not available, for example, sold out or simply not delivered, especially as a wholesaler, it is really crucial that we provide our customers with a reliable supply of goods because at the end of the day, it's all about their business success. Bertrand, we've just talked in detail about our own brands and also about the reduction of the product range at Metro. In terms of the general availability of goods, to what extent does this reduction, but also the further development of our assortments, contribute to that topic? Yeah, I think um, availability is always um, a difficult equation uh, involving different factors and also different functions. So we have started some uh, some strong uh, projects uh, in uh, in digital to change also our systems. Uh, for example, when we do a forecast uh, today, we have different ways of doing forecast between the trading offices, between the central functions, the countries, the category management, offer management, and uh, demand planners in supply chain. In the way uh, the store are also uh, bringing back the information, our different systems that are not always connecting all together. And, uh, and I think that some years ago, we were saying that we need to connect the dot. Uh, I think that these different projects that we have started in procurement, transformation in procurement, transformation in supply chain, transformation in digital, uh, when we will connect these three uh, dimensions to our processes, then we will ease the availability. And that's what we are trying to do strongly. And does a higher share of our own brands um, also lead to a higher availability or are these completely different things? For sure, a higher share of own brand could bring a better availability. Um, if we continue to focus on what are the core needs and we do not develop an assortment or we don't have to deal with an assortment of 700,000 active articles. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing. The second thing is that when we do own brand, we more and more work on mandates. It means that we do the, the full volume, the full categories. We source it at one point and we follow it up. We need to centralize what needs to be centralized because not everything is centralizable. But when we do it, we need to do it in full with mandates. Then we have people that are responsible and accountable for the availability and the, and the price and the quality and etc. Yeah. It was not so long ago that we were dealing uh, very intensively with global supply bottlenecks, interrupted supply chains and skyrocketing transport costs. Has this situation calmed down somewhat in the meantime, or are there still factors that affect our business and above all, the availability of goods in our stores? There are still some factors that are affecting availability in our stores. Fortunately, it's getting better than in 2022. Mm. However, uh, as I said earlier, we are we are far away from excellence and even far away for, from where we want to be. But the transport costs from uh, from Asia uh, have went down, back to normal, I would say, to what it was before almost. Uh, but the transport in Europe uh, for the trucks, for example, is still expensive. So inflation, as we have known in the past, has an effect with lower volumes that we sell. And deflation, as we can see in some areas and some categories, has an, a strong impact on the value of our contracts and our stocks. So as an effect on our competitiveness. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the right way to do so is uh, permanently to, to negotiate, to reopen all our contracts, even if uh, it's going to be uh, tough with the suppliers. And they are not going to be happy and they're not going to answer the phone. 
but the teams are dedicated to that and uh, and they are uh, they are doing it daily we are reopening all our negotiations and uh, and sometimes we we win uh, or we gain something and sometimes uh, it's more difficult and we have to to continue and uh, and to force yeah. the, the supplier yeah let's stick with that topic with the relationship with our suppliers because not only in terms of availability but in everything that concerns our products in the metro stores or depots it depends on the close interaction between us and our suppliers how have relationships with our suppliers changed with the introduction of our score strategy um talking with suppliers is uh is my job and uh and i think that they appreciate or at least that's the feedback i get that metro has now a, a clear strategy a score and we are sticking to it it means that we have one target 2030 we will score And everybody, the whole company, is dedicated to that and making making it happen. Some suppliers will be happy. Some suppliers will wait and see, mm. as uh, they have doubts or it's not the first strategy they see from Metro and etc. And some people will be unhappy because we are taking strong decisions, choices, and we apply these decisions in the store in our assortment. So we cannot please everybody and. The guy that we want to please is our customer. <laughs> Alors, with all respect for our suppliers, because we are partnering uh, and we need them in order to do our job. Of course, the reduction of the assortment complexity is an advantage for them. Mm. Being more efficient is for them uh, an added value. So they are looking, uh, looking forward to that. And then also, bah, we can be the, the best route to market for our suppliers. We are number one wholesaler uh, in Europe. So let's not be ashamed of that and let's be proud. You know, it's important. And that is something that we sell to the suppliers and they know about it because yeah. they are willing to negotiate our data or information. They want to know more. Yeah, and is there something that has especially changed regarding yeah, our wholesale transformation? Is there something that affected the negotiations uh, with our suppliers in general, for example, in terms of own brands? Yes, for sure, because we are not doing business as we used to do as, I would say, traditional retailers. For example, in uh, promotions, we are fading away from promotions in order to replace by, uh, by more PLS schemes. So... That's a total change because the suppliers are used to deal with promotions and negotiate promotions since uh, 40, 50, 60 years. So now going into the buy more palace is a, is a change of, of paradigm. So we need to negotiate that. And this is a change also of our relationship because they need to believe in it. They need to believe into the upscale of volume that will bring uh, the BMPL with a one-touch palette, with a different merchandising, with less trade marketing inside the store, or less posters of uh, Coca-Cola, etc. Uh, we will have, by the massification, uh, better visibility of their products. And this has a price, and we need to negotiate this price with them. So yes, it has a, a big change in our negotiation and relation with suppliers. So we have talked so much here about Metro's own brands, about 
food and also the hospitality industry. And if you out there are hungry for more great stories and are still thirsty for knowledge, then I recommend Empulse, Metro's online magazine. Here you will find great stories about current food trends, innovative gastronomic concepts and interesting interviews with star chefs. And you can also find out more about where Metro sources its fresh products like fruit and vegetables, fish and meat, researched with curiosity and written with passion, combined with great pictures. So my clear recommendation to you is visit our online magazine Empulse at mpulse.de or simply click on the link to it in the show notes of this episode. Bertrand, we are already coming to the end of this episode, but first comes the part I always look forward to the most, and I'm sure you dear colleagues out there as well, our sound souvenir, Bertrand, like all my guests here at my podcast, you have brought us a sound that plays a special role in your life or in your work and with which you associate something that inspires and delights you. So, Bertrand, let us hear what sound did you bring us. Okay. One, two, three. Okay, so there are some people in a good mood, um, obviously. Bertrand, what is it? What is this sound about? It's uh, all across the world, in every uh, kitchen uh, of a restaurant, there is uh, a way of working that, uh, this is in French, but this could be in, a, in every uh, language. Um, I worked also in different countries in kitchens. And it's, uh, it's the ambience in the atmosphere of, a, of an orchestra during the, the, the service at lunch or at dinner. And uh, where people are, are following the, the orders of the conductor yeah. and then preparing the food for, uh, for every uh -huh. customer. So this atmosphere of, uh, of uh, high pressure, of uh, performance, uh, because in, uh, in two hours you have to give your best. Uh, and then at night you will start again. Uh, is something that, uh, that I have known uh, working in there, uh, being part of it. And just looking at it or hearing the, the sound is, uh, is making me smile. Yeah. Uh, because it's uh, yeah it was part of what i liked when i was in a in a restaurant is that you you put yourself in danger twice per day yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you have to perform and so this this challenging uh, atmosphere uh, is something that i that i appreciate yeah and it also shows yeah some kind of great teamwork which is behind of all that huh yeah and it's behind the scene yeah uh, what you see when you're a restaurant is is nothing about that yeah. but behind there are people that are working hard in the production uh doing their utmost uh, to to deliver you the, the best you want to get in your plate yeah yeah great really a great sound thank you Bertrand, very much for this and also many thanks on behalf of all the colleagues out there for all the interesting information on the topic of procurement at metro i think we all learned a lot about it today but oh, thanks again and all the best to you thank you very much good luck to you and dear metro colleagues out there thanks also to you for listening stay tuned for the next episode of more podcast and please check out the previous episodes as well you can find them on united and everywhere else you listen to podcasts subscribe to it and recommend more podcast to all your colleagues And if you have any questions or feedback on my podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. I would be very happy to hear from you. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Bye-bye and take care. Bye.